On the huddle with me this evening, we have Julie Angenta, Green Party finance spokesperson, and Phil O'Reilly, former Business New Zealand CEO. Hi, you two. How are you Hello. doing? Go on then. Let's start with this. You, you kick us off, Phil, out of 10. Oh, five. It was just a strange old thing, wasn't it, the budget? They're kind of spending a bunch on health, and all of a sudden they kind of d- dob in this temporary relief, which really felt as though they'd sort of thought it up last week. Maybe, they, maybe I'm uncharitable. I felt like that it. as well. I felt like that just, as well. just chucked in as a rather mm. temporary thing. And, of course, the challenge with these things is what happens when it stops and inflation's still going strong? What are they going to do? Keep on going because those temporary things are just like that. They're temporary. So it was one of the weirder budgets I've ever seen, I must say. Yeah, it felt weird to me too, Julianne. I mean, you've seen a fair few budgets. What did you think? Um, um, I think steps in the right direction. We're really proud of what the Greens have achieved on all the climate initiatives. And at the same time, we're saying this isn't transformational enough uh, really to deal with the long-term challenges, uh, including cost of living, but climate change, inequality. Uh, we need something far bigger and more transformational. Yeah, you wouldn't be very happy with it because half of the initiatives of the climate change are just plans to make plans. I think it's important that government has the infrastructure in place to start systematically addressing climate change, but they could have gone a lot further, definitely. Okay, $27, Julianne, a week, total of $350. Is that going to make a difference to people who are doing it tough? I think it will make a difference to some people, but it doesn't. It won't make enough of a difference to those on the lowest incomes. And that's why we wanted to see comprehensive overhaul of the welfare system, which, of course, uh, Phil was on the expert advisory group that made those recommendations last term. Greens would support all of those recommendations. It feels just big enough, Phil, to, to you know, as I said earlier, to feel better than a poke in the eye but still small enough to feel really miserly. Yeah, that's it. it's going to be interesting how different people are going to talk about that over the next little while. Bear in mind, it's 27 bucks plus the fuel excise tax relief plus half-price public transport. So it's bigger than the 27 but those other two are internally illogical. You can't lower the price of fuel and lower the price of public transport. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing. You either mm. should do one or the other, it seems to me. One, the lowering the, the fuel excise tax directly against all the climate change policies the government announced just on Monday. So it's kind of a, that's my point, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. It doesn't say to me, you know, here's where we're going to focus. Listen to what the Salvation Army just said a minute ago. I'm, I'm pretty sympathetic to some of that stuff. You know, the really, the real struggle street characters out in Cannons Creek Really, what was for them at a time when they are doing it mega tough? You know, so I just thought it just felt a bit like a light touch, this will do kind of a thing once over lightly. And do I don't you know, think okay, home as this a is my working theory on what happened, and I'd like to know if this is if you if you agree with this, Phil. So I reckon what happened is that at the outset, when this budget was being cobbled together, they decided the two big stories because a budget needs a yarn, right? You need to have a this is what our plan is kind of thing. The two big stories were we were reforming health and we are setting in place all of the stuff for climate change. And then they realised that the vast majority of us do not want to see money blown on climate change when we are struggling to put the bills together. And so they decided, water that one down. Don't talk about that so much. Here, let's raid the COVID fund, chuck some money in for cost of living. And that's why it feels like it's got no real purpose. Yeah, well, bear in mind, of course, they made the big announcements on Monday around around climate change. So they weren't going to do that twice. So, and. and uh, you know, like Julianne, I'm looking at some of those things saying, really, is that is that the best you're going to do yeah. here about some of this stuff? But climate change was barely mentioned today. Well, and the reason for that, I suspect, is when you look at things like that Ipsos poll, which says what really matters to New Zealand is climate change, I don't think ever hits the top 10. No. And so and it's, that's sad. <laughs> that's a really sad outcome. But the fact of the matter is that the hip pocket will always hit those, those big targets. And so I, I agree with you, though. I think the government way back in December, January, when they were putting the, the big ticket items together, it's a very different world to the world they now inhabit. Now we've got cost of living, now we've got inflation. Back then, we were just getting into Omicron. You know, we were coming out of Delta and Auckland lockdown. So 
the, the, the pace of change, I think, has really caught them. And they've been caught without much of a narrative, mm. having to kind of retrofit something in. I think that's where they're getting into trouble. Listen, Julianne, I mean, you guys as a party care very deeply about the people who are doing it the toughest, right? So how do you feel about the beneficiaries and the pensioners being left out of this this cost of living payment? Uh, we, we've been very upfront that we think more should have been done for those on the lowest incomes, which is beneficiaries. And yeah. the Green Party has a whole comprehensive set of policies that if we were the government, that's what we would do. Or even if we had leverage over the government. I think everything we've been able to achieve uh, in the climate space, in the homelessness space, in the prevention of family violence is really great. But the reality is this is a labor majority government and they're not accelerating change the way that we would. I have to say that um, although climate change feels far away, the things that we do to reduce our emissions can also address cost of living. So, you know, clean energy, renewable energy, energy efficient homes, uh, better public transport, yeah, safe walking stuff, and cycling. I mean, and I agree with you, but that's it stuff saves for us the, money. It's, it's stuff for, for, for the next cost of living crisis, not the one right now. And yeah, if, but you can't if we don't table, do it now, if we don't do it now, then we're just going to keep But if you can't put like food this. on the table right now, you don't want to be investing for the next time because you're struggling right now. What do you think of the supermarket stuff? I mean, we want Actually, to go harder on the supermarket duopoly. Do you know well. what? Very good question. Let's deal with it after the break. We're back with the huddle. We've got Julianne Genta from the Green Party and Phil O'Reilly, former Business New Zealand CEO. So, Julianne, you raised the question of the supermarkets. What do you think of the supermarkets, uh, the urgent legislation this evening? I think it's useful, uh, but probably doesn't go far enough. Kind of like the Commerce Commission report on it. I think. I think... Yes, there's some issues with land banking and regulatory barriers, but that's not the only issue. It's not the only reason we have we are paying incredibly high prices for groceries in New Zealand, and we we need to get better competition. We need a game changer there. It's not going to affect inflation as such, but lowering prices means inflation doesn't put us that much over the edge. Yeah, I mean the thing about this is this is only going to deal with 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 the future, right? Because you you introduced the urgent legislation tonight. It's not going to have effect for years yet. What would you do right now? Uh, the Green Party has a petition out. Um, we think that there are some options government needs to address to break up the supermarket duopoly and, and actually look at really radical options like, you know, maybe a, a government-owned um, player in the, in the scene to help bring down prices or in, do whatever it takes to bring in another player like Aldi they have in what do you uh, think, Phil? Australia. Well, I, I guess I just respectfully disagree with Julianne on the government supermarket thing because all they'd sell is kale. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't be allowed to sell coke or <laughs> and water. Yeah, that's what I'm well, water, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, no, it's just a joke. But the, uh, the the thing about that urgent legislation was I understood it that the supermarkets had already indicated that they were prepared to do that, which is why you can do the urgent legislation like immediately. Kind of, it's just kind of weird stuff. The government's yeah. kind of cutting thin air here because yeah. the, the supermarkets have already said they're yeah, not going to do it. Too right, because it was just it was just so bad that that yeah. was going on. So this is a Clumsy. business person, that's bad. So this is another classic of where the government's kind of doing whack-a-mole. You know, the supermarkets, let's blame them, whack, whack. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is there something more logical and sensible you might do? For example, I agree with Julianne. The number one thing that you could do would be to get another well-resourced player in the market. And and some of that stuff may may help. But if I was the government, I'd be going up to Aldi and saying, what does it take? What, what would it actually take? Would it take, for example, some changes in the way the wholesale part of the supermarket chains work or something? Because if we get that, then we'll start to get the kind of good stuff going on in terms of price discounting. So long as government says, you'll cut the price of cheese, well, that's just going to be pretty hopeless. You're starting to get down Do you know what it says to me, Julian? If you go out there and you introduce urgent legislation to the House tonight to deal with supermarkets, when you've just announced your cost of living payment, you already know that you that this is not going to be enough, right? And you're starting to already start to introduce the idea that supermarkets are really the problem, don't you think? That's an admission by the government. Yeah, I mean, I don't think supermarkets are the only problem, but there's clearly anti-competitive behavior, and that's leading to higher costs. Yeah. And you, I mean, you can even see that 
you know, locally, there might be a, a slew of different new world um, operators close to your home and they can't really compete with each yeah. other. And I mean, that's just, it's not good for New Zealanders. No, fair enough. Um, listen, Phil, you were raising in the break, you wanted to talk about the uh, the money thrown at the RNZ and TVNZ merger. Oh, well, we, I was just saying to my team today, you know, what's what's something we love about the budget? I was conscious of the fact I'd be asked to love and hate sort of stuff. And, and some of the stuff, one of the things I really love about the budget is this extension to the apprenticeship boost scheme that yeah. supports employers and workers into apprenticeships because the government's trying to get harder at the border. Uh, and in terms of immigration. So you can't do that without building skills locally. And that's, so that's a good thing, and, and we supported that. It's great. The way we throw, what, what's the one thing we hate? What's the thing that's, that's just so pointless you, you hold your head? Radio New Zealand TVNZ merger, <laughs> $327 million bucks chucked at that. Compare that to the 840 given in the so-called middle-class welfare package. You know, that's that's a chunk of change. It's big. Who thinks that's a good idea except Minister Farfoy? I mean, yeah. I'm not aware of anybody else who thinks, I know what we need to do in the middle of a global pandemic, inflationary times, Need to look after every dollar we spend. I know what we'll do. We'll spend no, 330, been, you know, 30 million been keeping on us awake at night. Phil. Unbelievable. It, br- it brings us to very nicely to Julianne. What do you love about the budget? Oh, we got the permanent 50% discount for community service card holders using public transport. That's yep. something I worked on last term, so obviously I love that. Um, Congratulations. And, uh, and, you know, aside from that, I'm sorry not to see funding for trains for the lower North, North Island um, to increase the services on the Wairapa line and the Capital Connection. Um, they they definitely need money. They need to buy those trains now. Really important for climate action, but also just improving connectivity around the region. Um, and sorry we didn't see the practical e-bike subsidy for cargo bikes or e-bikes because those can actually can replace car trips in cities. And that, again, reduces um, people's reliance on petrol, uh, reduces their petrol bills, and reduces congestion. You, not every trip has to be by e-bike for uh, a bunch of people using cars to benefit from other people using their e-bikes. Don't worry if you don't know what a cargo bike is, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Julianne Genta from the Green Party and Phil O'Reilly, former Business New Zealand CEO.